Hello, thank you for joining the Camden First Assembly broadcast. We are so excited to share the Word of God with you today, believing that this Word is exactly what He has for your life. So, stay tuned for today's message, and as always, remember, there's a place for you at Camden First Assembly. I want to go to Psalm chapter 46 this morning, because um, I, I, uh, I told the staff this week, I feel like this week it has been uh, one thing after the next with things that we are uh, that we are facing together that we're facing corporately as the church um, and and I say corporately as the church because individually there are so many needs and there are so many things there are so many that that are grieving the loss of loved ones there are so many that are believing for healing in loved ones that are um, that have been faced with some unexpected and uh, some un um, unimaginable things, and so I want to, I want to take time uh, today to just share with you what I believe the Holy Spirit has put on my heart as a word for us, and so maybe you're here today, and there may not be any major difficulty that you're walking through. You may be joining us live, and, and you may not have a major thing that may be happening or a major circumstance or event that may be taking place, but I believe this is a word that applies to every single one of us, no matter the season, the situation, or the circumstance, and so I want to, uh, want to share with you what, I, what the Lord laid on my heart uh, for us today. Psalms chapter 46, and we'll begin... In verse number one, Brother Floyd, if you can't uh, if you can't find it, don't worry about it. There's no pressure. Uh, give it up for Brother Floyd. We're thankful for him today. We had a, a host of, of volunteers that were unable to be here today from sickness and so on, and so um, thankful for those that step in, that fill the gap, and that serve, and uh, thankful for their investment and the difference they make. Psalm 46. Chapter 1, this is what it says. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her, she will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. But He lifts His voice... The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations He has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Let's pray. Lord, I pray in the next few moments of time that, God, I would share your heart, your words, and your words alone. That, Lord, your anointing would flow in and through this place, ministering to each and every person in this room and those that are joining us online. Lord, that every room would be flooded with your Holy Spirit and with your presence. That healing would come. That joy would come. That strength would be renewed. That hope would be restored. That healing would flow. That freedom would come. That salvation would, would spring forth. That God, we would see the fulfillment of your will, of your kingdom coming, of your will being done. God, as we continue to press in and to listen and to hear 
and to see what you have spoken and what you have said. And Lord, I just pray in these next few moments of time that your word would come alive inside of us, that, Lord, you would refresh and renew by the power of your Holy Spirit, that, God, we would walk out today, that we would move from this time of meeting together, Lord, refreshed and renewed by your Spirit. God, we give you the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. You know, it seems like there are times and there are seasons in life where uh, it seems like it's one thing after the next. And I think we could just about say that 2020 um, has that definition. One thing after the next. A year of unexpecteds and unimaginables and confusion and chaos and uncertainty. And, you know, I think in, in those times, in those moments, in those seasons of our life when we're faced with those uncertainties, it's easy for us to be overwhelmed. It's easy for us to become tired and weary and exhausted. It's easy for us to become discouraged and to be uh, uh, overwhelmed by the uncertainties, by the new, by the unknown of the seasons that we face and the situations of what we walk through in our life. But I love what Psalm chapter 46 and verse number 1, God is our refuge and strength, and ever-present help in time of trouble. I'm thankful that in every season and every situation, not only is He my refuge, but He's also my strength. The beautiful thing about God, the beautiful thing about knowing Jesus is that it's in the moments and in the seasons and the circumstances and situations of our life when we are plagued with the unknown that we turn to God because He is our refuge. He is our shelter from the storm, our shelter from the chaos, our shelter from the unknown. If you're standing outside, playing outside, spending any time outside, and immediately a storm comes up, immediately the wind begins to blow fiercely and lightning begins to flash and hail begins to fall, you immediately move for shelter. And the same is true for us as children of God. When we find ourselves in an uncertain place, when we find ourselves in a season of uncertainty and being overwhelmed, it is God in whom we turn to, not the, not the, the people that are around us, not the resources that are around us, not the own, our own wisdom, our own understanding that we have, but it is God that we turn to to realize that He is my refuge. He is my shelter. He is that safe place because in the middle of the valley and in the middle of the storm and in the middle of the uncertainty, it can be exhausting when the enemy comes with one thing after the next, when I'm faced with one impossibility after the next. I can't rely on my own wisdom or the wisdom that this world can offer me, but I need some wisdom and some revelation, some truth and some understanding, some insight and some direction that comes from the one who created it all, the one who sits on the throne, who's in control and has the final say, so that instead of responding to the chaos and the storm that's around me, I can respond with the wisdom and the truth of what God has said, leaning not on my own understanding, leaning not on my own abilities, my own resources or strength, but leaning on the strength of God. And realizing that He is my joy, He is my shelter, He is my everything. And when I lean on Him and I press into what He said, it's amazing what begins to happen in my life. He is my refuge, He is my shelter. He is my strength. Verse number 2 says, Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains 
fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of our God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Tell your neighbor, God is my refuge. Tell your neighbor, God is my fortress. I may be faced with uncertainty and difficulties. I may be faced with the impossibilities and the complexities of the situations that are ahead of me. But one thing I do know is this. God is alive and he's on his throne and he's in control and he has the final say over my life. In the uncertainty and the chaos of what happens in my life, the thing that I have to understand is that I have to turn to God. I have to turn to God. I may not have the answers or the understanding. I may not have the insight or the wisdom or the knowledge or the direction of how to respond to the situation that's ahead of me. But I do know that He is all that I need and that His Word is full of promise after promise, reminder after reminder that He is for me and not against me, that He is a God who takes the impossible and makes it possible, that He is the God who causes the walls to fall, who causes the water to split wide open. He is the God that provides manna in the midst of the desert and waters in the midst of dry land. He is the God that is a provision, that is a protection, that is my Savior and my King. I need nothing and no one else other than Jesus Christ in the center of my life because when everything around me begins to fall and the uncertainties begin to surround me, He is my anchor, my firm foundation, my solid rock that I can stand firm on and know that He is in control and that He has a plan in my life. Tell your neighbor, He's my refuge. The Lord Almighty, verse 7, is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord. I think it's so important in our lives in the seasons of uncertainty that we remember the works that God has done. It is crucial, it is critical, it is important that in every season and situation of our life that we, that we remember what God has done and the ways in which God has moved. It's the reason why we read the Word of God daily. Psalm chapter 1, verse number 1 reminds us of the importance of what happens when we walk in the counsel of God, when we walk in the wisdom of what God has said, what happens in Psalms chapter 1 of those who meditate on the Word of God both day and night. The Word of God as a believer is not optional. It is, it is essential and it is necessary. It is the source and the foundation of our lives. The reason why in the church we oftentimes do not respond in faith but oftentimes respond in fear is because we haven't been fed. You cannot respond in strength if you have not eaten and received the nutrients that are essential for you to be able to fight when the enemy attacks. God is clear in His Word and His promises. Ephesians chapter 6 tells us of the importance of having the armor of God in our life, of putting on the armor of God daily so that we can take our stand against the enemy's attempts. God was clear, Jesus was clear when He said that He was building His church and the gates of hell would not prevail against us. Friends, I'm telling you in the seasons of our life where the enemy comes in like a flood, it's important that we turn to God first and that we respond not in fear but in faith. 
faith? How do I respond in, in faith and not in fear? How do I turn to the Lord first and foremost? I gather the Word of God and I surround myself with it, finding His Word, His promises and His principles and the truths of what He said. If it's sickness in my life, I find out everything His Word has to say about healing. If it's provision that I need, I find out everything that His Word has to say about provision. If it's redemption in my life, then I find out everything that His Word says about redeeming. If I find myself in a place where I feel like the world is collapsing around me, I find every word, every promise, every declaration that God made from the very beginning that He will make until the very end, that Jesus is my Savior, and that in every hour and every moment that He'll show up in the midst of the pit, in the midst of the prison, in the midst of the wilderness, in the midst of the impossibility, in the midst of the chaos, and pull me out by the power of His hand and lead me into the promise of what He has established. It's crucial for me to understand that if I'm going to respond to what's happening in my life, that not only do I need to turn to God, but I need to anchor myself in His Word. Diane put out today, for those that aren't here, we would be more than happy to send you one, but Diane put out today the Word for you today, a devotional that, that we've had here at CFA for many, many years. And if you don't have a copy, I challenge you to take one home with you today. And if you'd like us to mail you one, let us know, and we'll be more than happy to mail you one. But I challenge you, take it. If, you don't, if you've already got one, take it, pass it along to someone else. But this, this, this word of God for today, the thing that I love about it is that even though it may be just a simple, just two or three minute read in the morning, it's a reminder of the promises and the truths of the word of God and the applications that it has for us. If you're not a, if you're not a big reader, if you don't like to read, if you're not reading the word of God daily, I challenge you to utilize this resource. And I challenge you when we launch our reading through the Bible in a year plan together as a church, that you partner along with us because through it you will see the testimony testimonies and the revelations of God's faithfulness and his truth of what happens when you and I turn to him and make his word an anchor for our lives because what happens in the moment what happens in the season what happens in that situation is we begin to respond to the enemy with the word of God how did Jesus overcome the enemy? Not as Jesus, as the Son of God, but as a man. When he came to earth as a man, if you remember, after he was baptized, he went into the wilderness. The Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness, and he fasted and he prayed for 40 days. And the enemy came and he tempted him. And Jesus responded, not as the Son of God, not just with the authority of God as, as, as fully God and fully man, but he responded as man. And the way that he was able to overcome the enemy me was the word of God. Every single time Jesus quoted to him the word of God. The word of God is the sword that God has given us to respond to the attacks of the enemy. It's the word, the sword of the spirit that Paul illustrates in, Gal in Ephesians chapter 6 of the armor of God. The sword of the spirit which is able to overcome the lies to respond to the attacks of the enemy in our life. What happens more oftentimes than not is we fail to to take hold of the Word of God and then apply it in our life. The Word of God is essential. Jesus said that man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? The Word of God. When we apply the Word of God, it takes authority over the enemy and unleashes the powerful truth, promises, and principles throughout His Word. 
Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolation he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. How do I respond in the season of chaos and uncertainty in my life? Be still and know. Tell your neighbor you got to be still. Tell your neighbor you got to be still. You know, there's a difference between being still and being complacent. There's a difference between being still and becoming stagnant. There's a difference between becoming still and losing the faith and the confidence and the hope of what God has said and of what God has promised and of what God has established. You know, one of the hardest things for us in life is to be still, especially in a country where all we know is go, (laughs) go, 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 go. And while we've had to slow down and we've had to stay and we've had to stop a lot more than we ever have in recent times because of the pandemic that we've, that we've walked through and that we face, the reality is, is it's hard for us to be still. It's hard for us to be still and not lose hope. It's hard for us to be still and not grow complacent. But the truth is, is being still before God is the same as what I talked about last week in waiting on the Lord. It's not about becoming complacent in where we are, but it's about being content in where we are because of what we know. See, when we are still before God, when we wait on God, the reason that we're still, the reason that we wait is because of what we know. I'll never forget the first time that that I went deer hunting in South Arkansas. And uh, I I had never been before and our former pastor, Greg, um, who was also my youth pastor, uh, he, he, said, he said, well, if you live in South Arkansas, you have to go deer hunting. And so I said, okay, I'm all in. I, I, I'm, I'm willing to go. I'm willing to try. Mind you, I'd never been before. And so he said, well, here, here's what we're going to do. And, and so I had, uh, he had given me the, the gun that, that was right for me. And we took off to the woods at 5 a.m. And uh, we, got, we got down the the lane that we were driving the truck down and parked and we walked in the rest of the way. And so I had never, never been out to this, to this patch of woods before. And uh, so we get to the, to the stand that's, that he's got picked out for me and he says, well, climb this stand and sit down and wait. And he said, you know, you, you got to be still. I, I had heard enough and known enough that you had to be quiet and that, you had, and that you had to be still, that you had to wait. And anybody that's hunted, you know, Sometimes you can wait for a long time. And so I, I felt like I was a pretty patient person. And so I didn't feel that waiting would be much of a difficulty or much of a challenge for me. I thought, I, I can do this. I can handle this. So at 5 a.m., we've headed out. It's still dark out. We climb. I climb the stand. I get situated. He takes off to his. And I sit there and I wait. And I hear every single sound in the woods. Every squirrel that moves, I'm convinced, is the next big buck that hasn't been killed in South Arkansas. Waiting with anticipation and excitement for the opportunity. And, you know, as I was thinking about that story, I thought, man, isn't that true of us? When we finally take the time to stop and we finally take the time to wait on God, isn't it amazing how many distractions 
and how many uncertainties begin to, begin to plague our mind. And we begin to run through all of the what-ifs and the unknowns. And we begin, to, we begin to let all of those things distract us. And we, instead of enjoying the, the season that God has us in of waiting, instead of enjoying the place and being still in what God has said and, and, and taking in what God is doing, we, 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 we turn from side to side, <laughs> worrying about what's next, worrying about the unknown. And, you know, I, was, I, I sat on that stand for a long time until a realization began to happen in that there was a thick layer of frost that had developed on that seat the night before. And my warm self had sat down on that seat and had begun to fall out that thick frost. And after about an hour of sitting there, I couldn't tell if I was still sitting down or if I was just suspended in air. And my waiting and my patience began to grow extremely thin because every part of me began to freeze in a way like never before. And I finally, I finally text Greg and I said, Pastor, listen, I said, there's no way that I can stay in the stand any longer. You didn't tell me that there'd be frost in the seat. And, uh, and he said, well, let me, find, let me find my climbing stand and I'll meet you at the truck. And after 45 minutes, my waiting had grown thin. I climbed out of the stand and found my way to the truck, punched in the coat on the door, turned it on, turned on the heated seats and began to recover. And in that moment, he came back. And when he came back to the, to the stand where he had left me the morning before, I wasn't there. And so he called me and he said, where have you gone? And I said, I went back to the truck. I couldn't wait on you any longer. I was freezing to death. I was like, you could have at least told me that there's frost on the seat. And he said, well, I just figured you would have seen it. I was like, it's pitch black. How was I supposed to know? I'm, I was born in Ohio. I'm not, I didn't deer hunt ever in my life. You could have warned me. You could have let me know. And he laughed and he said, well, where are you? I said, in the truck. And, you know, I got to thinking about that and I thought, you know, how many times does God place us somewhere? And because it's uncomfortable and because it's unknown and because it's, it, it, it's, it's not what we would prefer, how many times do we move from that place and when God comes back to move us, we're not there? One of the greatest things that we can do is learn to wait on God. So many times in our life we rob ourselves of the peace and the joy and the blessings that God has for us because we move from where God has placed us because of the momentary season of discomfort, because of the momentary season of uncertainty. And hear me tonight, hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying that God is intentionally trying to put you in a position. God's never, God's intention is never to harm you. It's never to hurt you. It's never to let you suffer. It's never to let you go through any kind of pain. The Lord's clear in his word and his promises. He says that in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. God's word is clear. His promises are clear. But I think too many times we rush through the situations and circumstances of our life instead of realizing then in those moments that He is our refuge, that He is our security, that He is our place of shelter, and that when we turn to Him and we turn to His word and we begin to apply His word and His promises and we wait for Him, 
when we become still before Him, we begin to know that He is faithful to fulfill His word and to fulfill His promises and that whatever it is that we have lost, He will in turn redeem and He will fulfill His truth because Jesus was clear. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you may have life and life more abundantly. God is not a God who is not conscientious, aware, fully engaged in what's happening in your life. But when we cry out to Him, when we press into Him, when we turn to Him, when we surround ourselves with His Word and with His promises and position ourselves to wait, we open the door for the fulfillment of His Word and the fulfillment of His truth and what He has said for our lives. In every season and situation and circumstance, being still before God, waiting before God, is the, the reason that I'm waiting, the reason that I'm being still, is because I know who He is. I know what He said. I know what He's promised. The reason that I continue to pray and believe for healing. The reason that I continue to pray and believe for provision. The reason that I continue to pray and believe for Him to redeem. The reason that I continue to pray and believe for Him to save. The reason that I continue to pray and believe that He is who He says He is. That He's fulfilling His plan and His promises in His church today. Is because I know who He is. And when you know who He is, and you know what He's done, and you know what He said, and you know what He's promised, you can be still. You can watch. You can wait. Because you remember that He is the God who has fulfilled His word and His promises time and time again. The God of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob, the God of Israel, the God of those who would call on the son of, of His Son Jesus and believe. He is the God who acts on the behalf of those who wait for Him, who seek Him, who trust in Him. So today, I don't know what you may be going through, I don't know what you may be up against or what you may be what you may be facing, but I want to challenge you today to be still and know. In your knee-jerk reaction to want to respond to the situation, to begin to try to figure out how you can get out of the situation or the season or the place in which you are, I challenge you, turn to the Lord. Let the exhaustion and the weariness and the pain and the heaviness and the burdens of what you've carried, let those be lifted off in His presence. Let the peace and the joy and the love of God refresh and renew. Let His strength revitalize. Let His hope, let His, let his confidence be restored in you. Remember what He has said. Find out what His Word says about healing. Find out what His Word says about provision. Find out what His Word says about direction. Stand firm on His promises. Declare them over your life, over your family, over your finances, over your future. Find out what His Word says about your nation. Find out what His Word says about the events and the things that are taking place today and begin to declare His Word. And while you wait and while you listen, and while you position yourself before Him, know that He is faithful. How can I be still before God? Know that He is who He says He is, and that He will do what He said He would do. God has not forgotten about you. Tell your neighbor, God hasn't forgotten. Tell your neighbor, God hasn't forgotten. You know, I think one of the biggest challenges we face in life is patience. And I think if all of us were honest, we'd all say that from time to time we're guilty of not, of not maintaining patience. 
When we get, especially when we're tired, especially when we're exhausted, especially when we're overwhelmed, it's easy for our patience, our willingness to wait and to trust and to believe that God is, that He is working, that He is moving. I think we rob ourselves of some of the greatest miracles of God in our lives because we give up before He shows up. One of my, one of my favorite revelations in all time was at a youth conference. And uh, Austin, you're on baby duty? All right. Um, I was going to have you play, but we don't need music to pray. So we'll, we'll be just fine. You stay, stay right there with that miracle baby. Amen. We're thankful. Thankful for him and, and uh, the blessing that he is. But one of, the, one, of my favorite, one of my favorite revelations, and it was just one of those now moments from God. Uh, you know, the, the thing is, is God always knows right where you are and what you're going through. And when you turn to him and you position yourself to hear from him, God will always speak. And maybe, maybe this word was for somebody here today or somebody that's joining us uh, online today, maybe this word was for you and, and you needed to hear this, to just be still and know. To be still and know. But one of my favorite God moments was several years ago. I, I, I think time flies, but I think it's been six or seven years ago now. I went to a, a youth workers conference with a fellow youth pastor, with a group of youth pastors from the state of Arkansas. And um, we had gone, and, and uh, Christine Kane was one of the general session speakers. And, you know, it never fails that it's, you know, it's on a day when everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. You know, you've ever had one of those days? It's like everything you touch falls apart. Everything that you do, is, it, it's the days that you want to go crawl back into bed and start over and, uh, and hope for a better, a better outcome. Maybe if I sleep for an hour and get back up, this day will start a little differently. And uh, we had gotten up that morning, of course we were at conference, and so you don't expect for those days, but I mean, it was just one thing after the next, traffic, just chaos, and so we were late getting into the session, which I hate to be late, and so we got in there and finally got situated, and she came out onto the stage uh, to share, and she had, she had a word that she was, or she had a message that she was going to share for that session, and she said, as I was uh, driving here today, the Lord gave me another word, and the word that he had given her um, was the importance of, of staying where God has placed you. You know, we live, in, we live in, a, in a society, in a culture today, where if you're not getting what it is that you want, you just jump to the next thing. If you're not seeing the results that you want, if you're not seeing the benefits that you want, you jump to the next thing. And I think it's the reason why, I think it's the reason why we have, uh, I think it's the reason why we have so many uh, divorce rate. I think it's the reason our divorce rate's as high as it, as it is today. I think it's the reason why uh, we have so many people that don't don't stay in their jobs. And she was sharing this message because at the time the national average tenure of a youth pastor um, was eleven months. Every eleven months, youth pastors were leaving their churches. And if if you know anything about ministry, it takes two years for you to even get to know your church. Two years. It takes five years for your heart, your vision, your ministry to really begin to flourish. For, your, for that to really... Because if you think about the amount of time that we actually get to spend together, it's not very much. 
And so it takes time to develop relationships. It takes time to develop connections. It takes time. And so the Lord had given her this message because Christine Kane, and many of you probably know who she is, and, and uh, a wonderful, wonderful woman of God, wonderful preacher of the gospel, has done an amazing job sharing all over the globe about the Lord at women's conferences, youth conferences, you name it. And, uh, and people would always ask her, well, how is it that you got started? How is it that you got started in this? And she said, I led a Bible study for five girls every week. She said, and I was convinced that it was the greatest opportunity of my life. And I treated it as such every time I got a chance to minister or speak into the lives of these five young ladies. And I didn't leave that place until God came and got me. Because I was convinced that that was the place where he had left me. And she said, the problem that we have today is that too many people leave before God has actually called them. And they never see the fulfillment of what God wanted to do in that place. They never see the fulfillment of what God wanted to bring about in that place. And they move to something else. So when God comes back to get them, they're not there. And, uh, you know, that was, that was such a pivotal moment in, in my life. And I remember just that, that confidence of knowing because I knew what God had said for me personally. And I knew where God, had, where God had positioned me and where God had called me. And I had not felt a release from that. And, 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 and she, she highlighted the, the story of that. And the impact that it made on my life was the understanding of what it means to wait on God regardless of the time, regardless of the season. Just because it looks like nothing's happening, just because it feels like or seems like nothing's happening, does not mean that God is not in the process of fulfilling His plan and His promises in your life. The prayers that you're praying for your, your sons or your daughters to come home, your grandsons or granddaughters to come home, the prayers that you're praying and believing for the provision of God, for the redeeming power of God, for the fulfillment of God's promises in your lives, please don't think for a single moment that God is not hearing or that God is not even moving or working on your behalf. Because with the Lord, there's always a season of preparation. There's always a season of watering, of planting, and of growth. And at just the right time, at just the right time, God produces the harvest. We cannot make or manufacture on our own what God can by the power of His Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. We have to simply be still. Hear what God says, respond in obedience, and trust Him with the rest. One of the, I think one of the best illustrations of that is, is, is planting a garden. Planting flowers. Spending time in, in, in the natural creation of what God has. Isn't it, isn't it amazing all of the different things that you can let run through your mind of what you need to do in order to make that stuff grow? And when you think about it, isn't, if you think about the parallels of that in life, isn't that the same, isn't the true same in life? Well, maybe I need to do this, or maybe I need to try that, or maybe I need to do this. What does God's Word say? What, what are the principles that God has established that have withstood the test of time? And when you apply those, trust the Lord in those. Be consistent. Be intentional. Follow, follow, follow the instruction that God has said. And then just be still and know. Watch as God brings forth the harvest, the growth, the fruit of that.
It's amazing what he does when we trust him. So for whoever needed to hear that today, be still and know. Don't try to make it happen on your own. You'll only exhaust yourself. You'll only burn yourself out and turn yourself away from the peace, the life, and the joy of what God has called you to, even in the darkest season.